What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Let's Get Uncomfy podcast. I'm so excited because today we actually have a frequently requested episode. It's all about relationships, all about how to have your best relationship, how to process from past relationships, and how to even envision future relationships. So today we have relationship coach Jake Maddock with us on the podcast, and I'm excited for you guys to listen in on this interview because really, truly, I asked you guys on my social media, on Instagram, I asked, what are some of the biggest questions? you have regarding relationships and love. And I got so many responses. It was so wild. So we really just cruised through all of these questions. And it was really kind of a Q&A with myself asking the questions and Jake responding. I shared a little bit of insight that I kind of had here and there. And there were many questions that y'all had that I also had. And it was super great to hear Jake answer those from a male's perspective. So I know predominantly, I know for the most part, we have women listening to this podcast. And so it was really awesome to get not only a guy's perspective, but a relationship coach experience. So let's dive into the episode. I hope this hits home. If so, feel free to tag us both on social media, myself at It's Annie Graft and Jake at Jake.Matic. So guys, without further ado, let's get into the show. Hey friends, and welcome to the Let's Get Uncomfy podcast. I'm your host, Annie, Air Force officer turned serial entrepreneur, author, CEO, fitness expert, and personal growth junkie. Honestly though, guys, I'm just like you. I choose every single day to get uncomfy in pursuit of what others consider unlikely. And that's exactly how I've built a life I am freaking obsessed with. And I want you to know that you're capable of the same. Here in this fam, yes, you're officially a part of the fam. We choose every day to quit our excuses, ditch the negativity, and embrace our best lives. Literally nothing is off the table when it comes to the conversations we're going to have together. We'll chat fitness, mental health, relationships, personal growth, business, and I'm certain we're going to laugh together. But please don't hold it against me if we cry together too. I know you'll leave this episode with the confidence and excitement to grow from your mistakes, pursue your passions, and ultimately own your life. Now let's get on with it. It's time to get uncomfy. Hey guys, we are here with Jake Maddock. He is coming all the way from Australia. So we're doing this interview and I'm like, it's 8 p.m. over here. What time is it over there, Jake? It is 1 p.m. 1 p.m. <laughs> time change is so crazy to me. Okay, totally not on the topic of what we're talking about today though. Guys, I'm really excited because Jake is a relationship coach and I have been looking for a relationship coach to have on the podcast to kind of talk all things relationships dynamic between men and women. And I think it's really cool. Also, we get a, a guy's perspective. Jake, just a little heads up, predominantly women, women who are listening to this podcast and that have asked questions for us to answer today. So feel free to give your male perspective. I think that's honestly what people kind of want. But before we dive into the questions, the plethora of questions we have today that we're going to try to get to them all, but we might not. We'll see. I want to kind of take a moment to let you kind of explain who you are, how you got into relationship coaching, just really whatever you want to share with everybody about yourself. Awesome. First of all, thanks for having me on your podcast. Really happy to be here. So relationship coaching, my purpose in life, guys, is to help as many people as I can with relationships. So that's what I do every single day. I coach a lot of people from all around the world in the relationship department. And what's actually really interesting is so many different countries, which I coach from England, America, Canada, Mexico, China, Spain, Australia, New Zealand, 
all people from all around the world, South Africa, they all have the same issues. They all have the same issues. And even with the cultural and religious differences, the things I teach, they seem to transcend those differences, which is really interesting to see. So I've been relationship coaching for a few years now, and I've grown into quite a successful company, coach a lot of people, have employees and lots of different things going on. So it's, yeah, it's really taken off. It's really 10X this year. We're going to try to 10X it again next year, help more and more people constantly get a 10 out of 10 relationship or to find their ideal partner. I love that. And I think it's so cool, honestly, what you're doing first off, but guys, the way that Jake and I even connected was TikTok. So I just love that you're using that platform to spread good, knowledgeable content, content that honestly, like people can benefit from. I was telling you right before we hit record that I just binge watched so many of your videos and so much good content. And I think you just have a really great perspective. So I'm excited to bring that to the let's get in comfy audience today. And what do you say we dive in? right? You can ask me almost any question as long as it's relationship related. Just be aware, some of you guys listening, some of the answers you may find triggering, but something to remember, relationships aren't fair. Life isn't fair. You just have to accept it and understand you've got to try to take things sometimes as what they are and life isn't sometimes what you want it to be. Mm, so true. And for sure, like give us the real, real. We're honestly, we're all about the uncomfy answer, the hard truth. That's what we're all about here. So don't hold back. Feel I free to, to give us the real. Okay. <laughs> wow. Words are hard. Here I am podcast host. I do this often. Okay. So let's dive in. We're going to start with this question because I think it is a question guys, disclaimer, like little background. I asked my Instagram today. I said, Hey, what questions do you want to be answered? If you had access to a relationship coach, what would you want to ask that person? I got hundreds of responses. Like I said at the beginning, I don't think we're going to hit them all, but this was a frequently asked question in a lot of different ways. I think you can give a good perspective on it. So this person asks, and we're going to keep everything anonymous, of course, why am I staying with a guy who continues to talk to other girls, even in front of my face every single day? Great question. How many people have been in a relationship way too long? How many people do you know stay in a relationship even though they know it's a bad situation? It's a few different reasons, really. People don't want to be seen as quitters. They don't want to quit. They want to keep working at it. And there may be a touch of them, a touch of their feelings inside, which says that person is my ideal partner. And I want to keep trying with that person, regardless of how badly they treat me. Obviously, not a very healthy trait, but something that we all go through. And I think it's a part of growing up and finding that sense of emotional maturity. Very common. I did it for years it makes you very unhappy, but it's just part of finding yourself and sort of figuring out what you deserve and what you want and what you don't want. It can be quite complicated though, but if you're asking yourself the questions, why am I staying in this relationship and all those sort of stuff, it's probably time to go. Yeah. It's probably time to leave the situation. And it sort of leads me into my next point. What is the best way to leave a situation which isn't very good? Mm. The best way to leave a situation is with an exit plan, okay? Because I talk to a lot of people and they say, hey, I just broke up with my boyfriend, but we're still living together. Mm. If you want to separate, you have to separate, okay? Physically as well as emotionally. So create an exit plan. The exit plan should have clear set points in it. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? What are you going to say? When are you going to say it? Do you have family, friends? Do you have assets, children, financial what do you need to get it done so you can do it as quickly as possible? Speed is really your friend getting out of a bad situation. Yeah. Okay. That's so crazy that you took it that way. Cause that was actually going to be the kind of the next question I was going to ask, but I do find what you just said to be so true is we stay in relationships 
too long because you know we're not quitters and we want to fight right it's we hear that story right it's like I'm fighting for love like I'm supposed to do this and it's like to what extent though you know so yeah a lot a lot of the girls say they say yeah but I still love him mm. I'm in love with this guy I'm in love with a guy who's married I'm in love with a guy who's abusive to me guys something to really get your head around it takes way more than love to make a relationship work love is great Love is great. I love my partner, but it takes way more than love to make a relationship work way more. Okay. Love is more just a byproduct of doing the right things and having a general high sense of attraction for that person. It doesn't really have that much with getting a relationship to a 10 out of 10. So spot on. So true. But that being said, when do you know that it's the right time to go or the right time to let go? If you're in a bad situation and you're wondering, should I stay? Should I leave? If you're already asking yourself the question, should I stay or leave? You probably should go. But it's sometimes hard to see the problem. So one of the sort of things that we say, if you're inside a jam jar, right, you can't read the label. Mm. You can't see the forest for the trees. You can't see a problem when you're inside it. So sometimes it's hard to tell whether you should stay or go. If you're asking yourself that question, you probably should leave. But another way to think about it is just to ask yourself the question, is this something my ideal partner would do? Is that something my ideal partner would say? If the answer is no too many times in a row, then you probably should leave. Another time to leave is when you don't feel like trying anymore. If you don't feel like you want to keep progressing in the relationship and you're sort of done with it, you're over it, that's also another time to go. Yeah. So I love what you said about like, it's hard to know when you're in it sometimes. Cause a lot of times, like you get treated a certain way for so much time that you tell yourself, this is okay. Like, this is a relationship. Like we're in love. Like this is fine. Right. And then, you know, you step away from it. Even if you decide not to completely break up, maybe you want to take a break. You want to have separation or something, or you're not, you're shaking your head. Okay. Wait, touch on that. Touch on that. So I often get the question all the time. Is it a good idea that me and my partner took a break? Mm. I strongly, strongly recommend you never, ever take a break, okay? Taking a break, all it is, is a trial separation. What's happening yeah. to your emotions during the time where you're having a break? You're starting the grieving process. You're starting to emotionally grieve the relationship. Then it's going to be easier to break up. And that's not just romantic relationships, guys. Whatever relationship you have, whether it's with family members, friends, work colleagues, the way you make relationships stronger is you spend more time together, Yeah. You may have seen this sort of the plan where two people at work don't get along and the boss says, okay, you two people who hate each other, you go and do that project together. So you understand teamwork and you start to get along a little bit. Yeah. You put those two people together. So the relationship gets stronger. You don't separate them because that would further concrete in the idea that they are, should be apart. So mm -hmm. taking a break, never, ever a good idea. It's a really stupid decision. If you think about taking a break, just end it or work on making it better. Don't spend more time apart. You spend more time together if you want it better. So I'm gonna counter, maybe try to counter you a little bit on that. So what if somebody is in like a bad place where they're thinking those thoughts of like, hey, I think I need to go, but I'm also not strong enough to go right now. I'm really not strong enough to completely end this. And I'm like barely maybe strong enough to just go stay at a friend's house for a month, you know? And I'm like barely strong enough to do that, but like, I'm just gonna do that right now. Like, would you say, at that point, like, you know, maybe that's okay. Or, I mean, I know, I get what you're saying of like, it's probably just best to break up. If you're even thinking about it, just do it. Just 
you know, it's like the rip the bandaid, right? You don't want to just like hair by hair, tear the bandaid. So I understand that. But you know, if somebody's in that situation where they're like, I'm 100% not strong enough to break this off completely, but I think I might be strong enough to do that break thing. What do you say about that? Get stronger. Yeah. We can always succumb to our fears and our weaknesses. Yeah. Okay. Success favors the bold. You want to be successful. You want to achieve great things in your life. You've got to leave fear behind. If you have a fear-based mindset, you're never going to achieve anything great, okay? Now, going through life growing up, you're going to have times where you have a fear-based mindset. You're going to be scared. You're going to be anxious and all these sort of things. Successful people don't have that in the back of their brain all the time, okay? So if you really want to achieve a 10 out of 10 relationship or be successful in anything you do, you need to get strong. And guys, life isn't fair. Life's not easy. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how good looking you are. I don't care how rich you are. Life is difficult, okay? You need to get strong. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say, life is easy, just take it one step at a time. Maybe go and cry to your mom for a few hours. No, life is hard. You need to get stronger. Yeah, no, I so agree with that. You're so right too. And especially if your eyes are set on that amazing relationship, then if you're even having thoughts of like, this might not be for me, this might not be what I want. That's probably it. I heard this saying actually one time, it's like, people and this is like yeah, an analogy I guess like people who don't struggle with alcohol abuse I'm gonna go with that you know people who don't struggle with you know abusing alcohol drinking too much all that sort of stuff like they don't walk around wondering oh my god am I an alcoholic like do I have an alcohol problem like oh my god like no they're having a mimosa at breakfast they're having a beer at dinner they're fine they're not thinking about it right but the second you start thinking like oh my god am I an alcoholic like you probably are right. Same thing with relationships. It's like people that are in a healthy, stable, um, great relationship that are both parts doing the work, all that sort of stuff. You know, they're not walking around being like, is this my person? Is, are we happy? Is this good? Like, you know, and you're walking around with those thoughts. It's likely that they're not your person, right? Exactly. And I don't care what the excuse is, guys. I hear the excuse all the time of it's just not the right time. I'm going to tell you a little secret. If you find the right person, it's never a wrong time. You find the right person, it's never a wrong time. So I don't care what the excuse is. I don't care if it's the worst day of your life. If you meet the right person on that day, they're your ideal person and you'll go through the ups and downs of life together. I love that. So on a brighter note, we'll take this kind of the opposite way, you know, and there's kind of some questions on this, actually. When is the right time to get engaged? Great question. Really great question. So guys, I coined something called the relationship timeline. I'll talk you through it. So you meet someone for the first two or three months, you're casually dating. At that two or three month mark, you go exclusive. Then after about six months time, everything's going great. Six months being exclusive, you can talk about moving in together. Okay. A year after that, you can talk about getting engaged. Okay. But guys, a little bit of advice for any guys listening. Don't propose to her unless she's giving you hints. If she's not giving you any hints, she probably doesn't want to get engaged. She's probably not ready yet. Wait till she's almost asking you. That's the right time. If she's not showing you pictures of rings, don't ask her out. Don't ask her to marry you, okay? Wait till she's giving you so many hints you have to be blind to miss them. <laughs> I love that. That's actually, that's a pretty good timeline too. And okay, actually, well, I'm going to ask one question and then I have a question that kind of goes off that actually. Is it normal to be unable to commit even when you know you love the person is it normal to be unable to commit yeah no a fear of commitment's not a real thing guys it's not a real thing a fear of commitment is just merely 
you don't find the person attractive enough. You don't like the person enough. So a lot of people say certain guys have a fear of commitment and all this sort of stuff. He doesn't have a fear of commitment. He just doesn't like you. Okay. If a guy really likes you, he's going to bend over backwards. He's going to marry. He's going to have kids. He's going to want to shout from the rooftops how much he loves you. If he doesn't want to commit, he means he doesn't think that much of you. He thinks you're eh, at best. Okay. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> we need to, like everybody needs to hear that. I actually saw like a meme or even it might've been a TikTok about it. It's like, no, he doesn't have a fear of commitment. He's just really not that, that into you. Right. So true. So going off that, how long in your experience or an average maybe, or with clients that you've noticed, how long does it take for a man to fall in love or do they know right away? Falling in love really with a person does take a couple of months. Okay. Realistically, deeply getting to know the person, really falling in love with their character and everything about them does take a few months. Stuff like love at first sight and all that sort of stuff is really just a very high sense of attraction. But you can't really call it love at the start because you don't know the person. You don't know the character. You don't know the ins and outs. So it does take a couple of months. So I'd say two months. Okay. All right. So it is probably interesting. People probably listening to this and they're like, oh my God, I've been with my partner for two years and they're still telling me, I don't know, you know, hmm. what would you say to that person who's listening right now? And they're like, I've been together with my person for two years and they tell me they don't know. I would ask that person, is that something your ideal partner would say? Oh, I like that. So true. Okay. Question now for people, you know, in a relation, I don't know how long this person's been in a relationship and I don't know if that even matters, but I'll ask the question anyway. Is it okay for couples to check each other's phones or DMs or social media? I would think yes, if there's nothing to hide, dot, 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 question mark. Yeah, very controversial question and a great question as well. So one of the very, a very, very important part of a 10 out of 10 relationship is transparency, right? You have to be completely transparent at all times because human beings, naturally, all of us, no matter how confident you are, at some situations are insecure or jealous creatures. We just are. Human beings naturally are like that, okay? Most mammals can be at some time or another. So how do we handle that? Complete transparency. I don't have a password on my phone. I don't really believe in passwords anywhere. I don't know why people are obsessed with passwords at the moment and have been for a couple of years. 20 years ago, people didn't have passwords on everything. It's really bizarre how we're really into passwords right now. If you're with a partner, you have to be open and transparent and honest all the time. But there's a caveat on that, okay? Be open and honest about the present. You don't need to tell her things about 10 years ago, okay? Girls and guys, nobody wants to hear how many people you slept with, let alone what you did at a festival 10 years ago, okay? Keep that to yourself. It's not going to make your relationship better. It's going to make it far worse, okay? Only be open and honest about the present and the future. You can leave the past. The past doesn't matter. You're not going that way anyway. So just talk, be open and present and be super transparent. Get rid of the passwords, be open and present. Let your partner use your phone as often as they want to. And you should feel very confident in yourself that there's nothing on there that could hurt you in any way or make the relationship worse. So going off of what you just said, you know, I do agree, you know, 10 years ago is 10 years ago. We've all grown so much in 10 years. Like, I mean, we've all grown so much in 2020. So in the past year, honestly, but what if, so you're in this relationship with somebody based off of even your timeline. So it's, let's say six months, eight months, you're like thinking about moving in, think you're getting serious, you know, and you didn't disclose something that happened maybe, you know, three, four years ago and something comes up and it was something that, you know, maybe was a big part of who you are or 
it was in a past relationship and something comes up, you know, how do you explain that? You know, cause then it's been eight months and then it's like, you didn't tell me this. And we've been getting to know each other for eight months. And this had, you know, an effect on who you became and why things ended. And, you know, like, do you feel like the other partner deserves to know things that went on in past relationships? If it was like monumental, does that make sense? Pretty much what I'm asking. Cause this is the next question from somebody. And I actually do know this person. I'm not going to say the name and I know the situation, but once a cheater, always a cheater. Is that true? So, okay. Okay. You're shaking your head. No. So you can go ahead and hit on that if you want. So you asked me a few questions there. So let's break it down a little bit. If someone wants to say something about a past relationship, I would ask them, is it going to make your present relationship better or worse? Is it going to, if it makes your present relationship worse or makes your partner's attraction for you go down, I probably wouldn't tell them. Okay. I don't care if it had a monumental impact on you and your character. I don't really care if it's going to, we're talking about relationships here, not on personal character. So is it going to make your relationship better or worse? Is it going to make your partner's attraction for you go up or go down? You got to remember guys about attraction, everything you say and everything you do in a relationship makes your partner's attraction for you go up or down. And I'm talking about every single thing. Okay. Secondly, we're talking about cheaters. Now, once a cheater, always a cheater. Yes and no. So say if a guy goes out with a girl and he cheats on that girl, if the girl breaks up with him, then takes him back, he has an 80% chance of cheating on her again. But here's where it gets interesting. If the first girl breaks up with him and she never takes him back and then he gets with a new, another girl, he doesn't have an 80% chance of cheating on her. It resets. Okay. Oh, that's so, so interesting. So technically she had him at his worst and the next girl has him at his best. Huh. I wonder if there's something, I know we are talking relationships here, not psychology and personal character and stuff, but that makes a lot of sense to me, you know, cause I mean, think about it. If, you know, as a woman, you know, you take back a cheater, he learns, maybe he learns somehow subconsciously, Hey, she'll accept this. Like she'll forgive me. She'll take me back, you know? And if she doesn't though, it's kind of also a lesson learned of like, yo, whoa, this is a no, I fucked up, you know, and going forward. Now I know that that's not okay. Yep, that's right. I'll think of a little story. So say if you were to drive a truck, right? A big truck, how you drive a truck is going to be different to how you drive a car. Yeah. They're both vehicles. They're both relationships, but they're both very different. So how, how Johnny acts with Sarah is going to be vastly different to how Johnny acts with Annie. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's why it's different because it's a different relationship. So we can't, we can't count it the same. But short moral of the story, if someone cheats on you, never take them back. Yeah. Preach. Girls, if you need to hear that again, repeat. <laughs> Play that back over. Take back 15 seconds. Re-listen to that. I love that. Okay, so kind of new topic here. I see a lot about this topic actually on TikTok, on social media, on Instagram even. What exactly is codependency and how? So that's the first question. Second question this person asked, how do I recognize the signs of it in my relationship? And then third question is, if I do recognize signs, how do I go about fixing it? Great question. Great question. First of all, the word codependency is far overused. Okay. It really is. It really is. I hear it so much. I'm almost so sick of hearing the word codependent. The only word which I hate more than codependency is narcissism. I will talk about that another day. Yeah. I hear the word narcissist like a hundred times a day. And I'm so sure that 
no one even knows what a narcissist is. But yeah. anyway, that's beside the topic. So codependency, what is codependency? It's when you rely on someone so much for your own well-being, but it's actually a detriment to yourself. So it's coming off as a negative side effect. Secondly, most people don't know what actually codependence is, okay? Human beings need each other. We are mammals, we are pack animals, okay? We always have been. We need other human beings to survive. 100,000 years ago, if you didn't rely on other human beings, you'd be dead within a week easily, okay? We need other human beings to survive and it hasn't changed that much now. If young children, if you ignore young children, don't give them any love, they get very sick and all these crazy things happen to them. Even if they're eating food and everything, they still start to fail. So it's really crazy how much human beings need other human beings. So if you think you're in a codependent relationship, that's not even a question you should be asking yourself. Realistically, that's a shit question, guys. The question you should be asking is, am I happy? Am I happy in this relationship? Are you happy or are you unhappy? Well, you can take it a little bit more technical and rate it out of 10 for me. If your relationship's a 10 out of 10 or a nine or eight, it's good. Forget about it. Don't worry about putting labels on it. If it's codependent, as some people say, you guys are too needy on each other and you're always with each other. Maybe you're too codependent. Forget what other people's opinions are of your relationship. If you're happy and you think it's a 10 out of 10, forget what everyone else says. Okay. Regardless, don't worry about it as codependent. If you really need your partner and they really need you, fantastic. That's not a negative at all. What a negative is if, if you need each other really badly and you're not getting what you need, and you feel very unhappy, then that obviously has a negative consequence on your life. Yeah, I like that. And and I think it's so true. I mean, like we all need each other at a different level. I mean, there can be a couple and they can be very independent, but still, you know, come together at the end of the day. And then there's another couple and they found each other for a reason that they want to do multiple different things together throughout the day, right? And it's two very different couples. Like every relationship is different. So I like how you broke that down because you're so right. I've been seeing that everywhere on and social media in general and I think it has people kind of going like seeing stuff like that and being like oh my god like is my relationship wrong but it's like you know it has you like second guessing something that could be good you know and like getting in your head about it and I like we, we have to really think about what we actually want so you're right every relationship is different but you got to ask yourself what do you want do you want to have a partner and you spend 24 7 with that partner like constantly all the time is that what you want some people want it some people really don't. Some people only want to spend, you know, two or three hours with their partner a day, which is okay. I personally want to spend as much time as possible with my partner, but everyone's different. So you got to really think what you want and then try to find someone who can fulfill that role. Yeah. Okay. Next question. What are some ways we can ensure that we grow together in our relationship instead of growing apart? Great question. Great question. I coach a lot of couples from all around the world and they're slowly drifting apart. What can you do about it? Well, it actually goes back to when we were little kids and you had your best friend at primary school, right? Now, Annie, are you still best friends with the person you were with, your best friend who, say, in year two or three, are you still friends with that person? Heck no. Why, why not? Just you, you had a best friend back then and I'm sure you're inseparable. You almost loved each other. You did everything together. Why aren't you friends anymore? Yeah, we just became different people, you know? Yeah. You drift apart, don't you? Yeah. People drift apart the less time they spend together and the less things they do together. So if you don't want that to happen in your relationship, do dual hobbies. Do dual hobbies like go to the gym together, take the dogs for a walk, go for a walk on the beach, play tennis together. Whatever it is, as long as it's just the two of you and you're doing something that you both enjoy doing, it could be almost anything. It could be shooting guns, could be horse riding, could be whatever you want to do. It could be going to the library. 
whatever your interests are, as long as you're doing them together, you have that dual hobby, then you're growing together, you're bonding, you're bonding together. That's why little kids, certain little kids stick together because they both do soccer and then they do math class and then they do all this other stuff and they, they're doing dual hobbies, they're bonding together. What happens is couples drift apart because they have kids, they both work separate jobs and only see each other for half an hour a night before they go to sleep. They do no hobbies together, they have no time for each other. Of course, they're going to drift apart. That's a terrible relationship. You've got to spend heaps of time together, bond, do dual hobbies. Make that person your best friend as well as a romantic relationship. Yeah, I, I love that so much. And I think about this is like, you know, when you're starting a relationship, you know, you're going out to dinner together, you're going to mini golf together, you're laughing, you're doing dumb things together, you know, like it's all like you're watching a movie together, you're flirting, right? And it's like, the deeper you get into relationships, sometimes we forget how we started a relationship. And I think like, that's so true. It's just like making sure you're doing things together that you both love that you're laughing that you can look at each other and be like, this was so fun. I enjoyed this time, you know? Almost kind of an opposite question, I guess, depending on how you look at it. This person asks, how do I go about setting healthy boundaries in my relationship? Great question. Great question. Boundaries are super important to set. You have to be a very good at setting boundaries. And it can be difficult, especially if no one showed you how to set a boundary. The best way to set boundaries is fast. Your best friend with setting boundaries is speed. The faster you set a boundary, the more likely it is of sticking. If you set a boundary very slowly it's not going to stick at all. I'm going to give you some examples. So say you go on, you're on a third date with somebody. You're on a third date and you tell a corny joke and she laughs or he laughs and then calls you a name afterwards like your silly bugger or whatever, right? <laughs> whatever people say in different countries. But you may find whatever they call you, you find it disrespectful. Okay. So what do you say about it? There's a few things to say. But be aware that speed is your friend. So if you go on for 20 minutes about how what they said hurt your feelings, they're going to start to get defensive. And as soon as someone starts getting defensive, effective communications out the window. So you, you got to do it so fast that they can't get defensive. So it's got to be like a slap on the wrist, like a little toddler playing with a PowerPoint. It's got to be like a slap on the wrist really quick. So they say something like that. The best thing to do is turn to them, have a furrowed brow, be very serious and say something like, excuse me. Or what did you say? Or I don't really like that. And you should be able to set the boundary within less than five seconds. And then they'll usually say something along the lines of, oh, sorry, or something along the lines like that. And then what you have to do is quickly change the subject immediately to something positive. So you can say something, do you want to go and watch a movie? Do you want to go and get some ice cream? Do you want to go for a drive? Come on, let's go for a walk. Just change the subject immediately so their brain doesn't think about it. If you let them think about it for a long time or justify their behavior, the boundary is not getting set, okay? Now, setting that boundary just like that works almost every single time, regardless of how long you've been together. It's a very effective tool, but remember, speed is your friend. Oh, I have never heard that, and that makes so much sense to me. Quick, and then follow it up with something positive. I love that. That's brilliant. Okay, kind of, mm, kind of same topic. Maybe, eh, whatever, I'll just ask it. Okay, how do we fight? They put it in quotes, how do we fight in a healthy way? Great question. So if you have a 10 out of 10 relationship and you know about effective communication, masculine, feminine energy, attraction, all the pillars to a 10 out of 10 relationship, you'd never have an argument. You may have disagreements, okay? But it never escalates into an argument. I haven't had an argument in years, okay? You know how to communicate in a way where you don't need to escalate it to an emotional sense. So if you have a disagreement, like 
what do you want for dinner? I want lamb. Oh, I want beef, whatever, right? You just have to talk about it and say, well, you come up with some sort of compromise. Well, we could have lamb today and beef tomorrow or the other way around. Or sometimes you just go, yeah, whatever you want to do. You just let them have it if it's not a big deal. So you sort of got to get on the same page a little bit and realize that you're both on the same team. You don't need to have a fight. You don't need to have an argument. It's okay to have disagreements. It's not a big deal. But then your partner should realize that sometimes if you say no to something, and you're dead serious about it, then that's the way it has to be. Some things are non-negotiable and your partner should understand that if you both know effective communication. Okay, follow-up question for that because this was the next one. How do you improve communication in a relationship if you have been going years with bad communication? Yeah, pretty tough question because communication is such a large realm of things. What I like to come down to is have a decent understanding of what masculine and feminine energy is. Okay. If you're constantly butting heads like two bulls in the yard, well, then it means you're both probably acting in a sense of masculinity. And if the wife's acting really masculine and she wants to be the leader and the husband also wants to be the leader and masculine, you can't have two leaders. Yeah. You can't have two chefs in the kitchen. You need someone to lead it a little bit. Okay. Now that's very triggering to some people and some people find that term very offensive because they don't understand what a leader is. They think a leader is someone who's controlling and micromanages you and all this sort of stuff. That's not what a leader is. Sometimes a leader will lead from the back and you won't even notice he's leading at all. Being a leader is quite complicated, but it's only a positive, I assure you. So if you've been communicating badly for a long amount of time, I suggest really learning about what masculine and feminine energy is all about. And then realize if your relationships are 10 out of 10, all the other little things that you argue about are gonna to start to disappear. They're just going to start to disappear because you're, you're having so much fun with your best friend. Okay. So go on a date once a fortnight, make sure your sex life's a 10 out of 10, spend lots of time together, keep working on improving that relationship. So it is a 10 out of 10. And then you're going to have nothing to argue about anyway. Okay. I like that. So you did bring up sex life. There is a few questions we had about sex life. This person asked, is there a way to come to compromise when I want to have sex more often than he does? Does this make me a bad person? Why would it make her a bad person? What a strange, what a strange, strange question. I know some women don't want to appear as they want sex. We all obviously know that women and men both enjoy sex. It's a very important part. Look, none of us would be here without sex. That's how human beings are made. So having a 10 out of 10 sex life is a very, very important part of having a 10 out of 10 relationship. But how do you get it? And what if one person seems to have a high libido and one person doesn't like this woman? Well, it's probably not so much the difference of libido, which is the problem. What is the problem probably is that you're not speaking to his erotic blueprint effectively, okay? The largest sexual organ in the body is the brain. You've got to turn on the brain first if you want a really good sexual experience. So I recommend to, if you want a 10 out of 10 sex life, look up the erotic blueprint. A lady named Miss Jaya made a system called the erotic blueprint where everyone fits into these five blueprints, Okay. Her website's missj.com. You can do the test on her website and it tells you what blueprint you fit into. Say one of the blueprints may be sexual and another blueprint is kinky and there's five different ones, right? So some are more sensitive and all these, one, one of them sensual, okay? And it sort of breaks down what turns you on. So if you're very sensual, that means slow dancing turns you on, listen to music, make sure the temperature in the room's right and all this sort of stuff. And sexual blueprints more just about 
achieving that orgasm and getting and reaching that finish line. And it's not so much about the journey. Central is more about the journey. So realize if this lady has a very high libido, she may be a sexual blueprint, possibly. Okay, she wants to achieve that orgasm as regularly as possible. And he might be a central blueprint. He might not want to go from zero to 100 straight away. He'd rather have a two-hour experience than a two-minute experience. He doesn't want a quickie. He doesn't want to feel like a piece of meat. It's not, it's not his blueprint. So you need to have a good understanding of what each other's blueprint is. So then you can get the relationship to a 10 out of 10. But also be aware that's not the only thing which makes a 10 out of 10 sex life. How old is he? Yeah, how old is he? Is his hormones as high as they should be? Does he need things like Viagra? You know, all those little things can hold the person back from having the same libido, especially if a man and a woman are both 35, they're probably going to have different libidos. His libido is on the way down, her libido could be on the way up. So something to think about, there could be not medical issues, but as men get older, they need a little bit of help. Okay. His testosterone might be a bit low. Could be a few different things, which all would make a difference on his libido and their quality of their sex life. Okay. So it all plays a role. I love that. You talked about the erotic blueprint. So do you suggest that this is something that like couples should do together so that they're both kind of like aware of what each other, like, what if you do have that sensual person, then you do have that like kinky person, right? Like, I'm assuming you would suggest like, Hey, well, you know, you have to make sacrifice. You have to like dive into this person's zone to access them. Right. Same thing over here. Like you guys have to be both be aware of, you know, what turns each other on. Right. Yeah, that's right. So think about it like different languages. Say a sexual blueprint is like speaking German and a central blueprint is like speaking French. If you both just talk each other's language, if you both one person's talking German, one person's talking French, you're both going to be a huge disconnect. You have to learn both languages. So sometimes have a two-hour session, sometimes have a two-minute session. You've got to talk to each other to so make sure each person is satisfied. Yeah, I like that. That is good advice. Okay, kind of random question here. And I think I know your answer. We might've kind of touched on this earlier. Is it okay if he cannot match my energy? It depends what she means as energy. Yeah, I would say my answer to this, who, you know, whoever asked it, I would say, you know, if you're having to ask yourself that question of like, he can't match my energy, he can't match my excitement for life, my passion, my, you know, drive to be better and to improve, like, you know, you're into all these things and he just seems to be like, you know, like I would say, you know, there is, again, I'm going to, Jake, I'm a throw this right back at you. Like, how would your perfect, what do you say? Your perfect partner, your ideal partner, how would your ideal partner treat you? Right? Like, I'm sure your ideal partner would match your energy. Right? So that's what, <laughs> look at me, a relationship coaching over here. Yeah. You got it. You got it spot on guys. Like opposites attract, but similarities will bond us. So if you have a huge disconnection, if he loves young and doing motocross on the weekends and you like doing ballet on the weekends, you're going to have a disconnect. You're both complete opposite ends of the spectrum. So similarities will bond us. Opposites attract. When opposites attract, what I mean by that is masculine and feminine energy. The opposites of those are attraction, but similarities will bond us. I like that. Okay. So this person asks, I am starting to get comfortable with looking for my person. I have an idea of what I want, but how do I start to attract this person? You got to get really clear on what you want. Yeah. So do a big list up, do an ideal partner list, have on there what it looks like, how tall he is, what his hobbies are, his career, his love language, every single thing that you can possibly think of about this person. Okay. Then the end of the list, what you want to write is 10 red flags that you don't want to see. Because what usually happens, you start dating somebody, you overlook some red flags because your emotions are clouding your judgment. So you don't want that. So you want to write it really clearly on the list. And then what you want to do 
online dating. Like a lot of people are against online dating, but realistically, statistically, it's your highest probability of finding your ideal partner. Oh, that's so interesting. Would you suggest people start? I mean, right now being in a pandemic, I mean, I think a lot of people are just diving into the online dating, right? But do you suggest people, I mean, are there better sites than others? I think every country is probably different. I mean, I know here in the US, we have like, we have Hinge, Bumble, Tinder. I don't really know, actually. They're all the same. Pretty much every country has all the same. South Africa, Spain, England, they're all, they all use the same sites. Tinder and Hinge are the most popular. Okay. Not a huge fan of Bumble, but that's because it takes the masculinity away from a man a little bit and let, it doesn't let him take the lead. It lets a woman take the lead. I don't really like that. Ah. So I personally recommend Tinder and Hinge, depending on what you want. If you want a feminine guy, maybe Bumble's you go. I don't know why you'd want that, but that's okay if that's your preference. So Tinder and Hinge is in every country. Yeah, it's very popular. A study was done by Stanford University in 2018, which showed that you have a 40% chance of meeting your ideal partner online compared to only 20% chance at a club or a pub or something like that sort of outing, yeah? So you have by far the highest probability of finding your ideal partner online. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay, so now we're kind of going with this vibe of like trying to find your person, right? You're dating and this person asks, so I have trust issues. How do I start to get over those as I start a new relationship? Yeah, very, very, very common question. I get it like 50 times a day. First of all, don't be so hard on yourself. Everyone has trust issues. How do you get over that? Date slowly. If you follow my relationship timeline, which states you should go on dates with someone for two or three months before going exclusive, it's giving time for you to build up that foundation of the relationship. It's giving you time to start to get to know the person, start to slowly trust them, giving you time to build up all those things that you need so you can set up yourself for a 10 out of 10 relationship. If you meet someone and on the first day you want to go exclusive and you want to give them all your trust and you know, you're setting yourself up for failure. You want to do it slowly, follow that two or three month timeline. So you get to know the person. So if you want to go exclusive with them after two or three months, you should know them well enough. You should be a good enough judge of character. So you don't have to worry. Yeah. I really like that. Okay. I was kind of just scrolling through some of the questions, just seeing if we kind of got and touched on all of the things I think, I mean, I'm trying to, I don't want to double hit on stuff. Oh, Okay. Question here. How do I make sure things stay exciting in our relationship? We've been married for 10 years trying to rekindle the spark. Yeah. So a couple of tips for long-term relationships. You need to go on a date every second week. You need to go on a date at least every second week, at least at a minimum. Okay. The dates should be a surprise. Very important. Make it a surprise. Go all out guys. Go all out. Don't do little shitty dates to McDonald's. Don't do a little shitty date for a coffee at brunch. Do something real, make it at nighttime, make it go all in and do it properly. Make it romantic, go all out, okay? Secondly, do the Miss Jaya thing, look up your right blueprint, get that sex life to a 10 out of 10, and then also do dual hobbies. Make sure your courtship and the dating process is a 10 out of 10, you're hitting home runs on the dates, your sex life's a 10 out of 10, and you're getting everything else where it needs to be, your relationship's gonna be great. I love that. Okay. The last question I'm going to ask you before we kind of tie things up today, is it bad to start a relationship off as long distance and maybe just touching on some other points of long distance maybe? Yeah. Great question. Yes. And no, it depends. So it depends what people mean as long distance. Okay. So my partner, when I first met her, we met on Tinder as well. She lived four hours away. Okay. 
four hours is enough distance in the car, not by plane, four hours driving distance. It was close enough so I could see her on the weekend. Okay. I could drive that far after work on a Friday and meet her and see her. So it wasn't that far where it was ridiculous. It wasn't like 10 hours. So have that sort of radius you have. So how far are you willing to drive on a Friday night to see the person? No one's usually willing to drive more than five hours. That's a long way. Okay. Four hours. Yeah. You don't really want to drive much more than that. You're going to be pretty tired. So you want to have that sort of radius set out for yourself, what you're willing to tolerate, but then also be aware that only works for a short amount of time. It only works for a short amount of time. As human beings, we need to see the people we love every day. So if it's going on for more than six months, it's going to start to have negative consequences on your relationship. So by the time you hit that six-month period and you're still living four hours apart, you need to have a plan that you're going to live together unless it's going to start to go backwards. All right. I like that. Okay. Actually, I lied. This will be the last one. Just let's end on a positive note here. How do you know if they're the one? I got this question like, probably 50 times. So I guess I should ask it. (laughs) It's a great question. It's a great question. It's really a whole bunch of things. It could be, do you think they're the one? Are you happy in your relationship? Is a relationship a 10 out of 10? Is it easy? Is it hard? Are you deeply in love with that person? They're deeply in love with you. How good does it feel? Does it feel like you're in heaven? Is it amazing? And then also, I can't really tell you when you found the one as in the same way. I can't tell you if you're hungry. No one can tell you when you're hungry, you just feel it. It's the same as when you find the one or you're in love. No one can tell you that. It's something you feel. It's an internal thing. Yeah, I like that. I think that's also for people who, you know, like myself, who haven't found the one. It's like the most frustrating thing to be like, all my friends, they're like, you just know. And I'm like, Becky, come on, seriously, (laughs) give me more. (laughs) So that is so funny and and so true, you know, and I love that we just kind of ended it off on that really good positive note. So the last thing I'm just going to ask you here is just where can people find you? If people just loved your vibe, people loved, you know, some of the perspective that you have, the no bullshit that you just gave us right now, where can they find you? And, you know, what services do you have right now? Because maybe you don't have availability even. Guys, you can find me pretty much anywhere, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. My name's Jake Maddock. Okay, just look me up. I'm everywhere. You can even go to my website, maddockcoaching.com slash opt-in. There's a few services I offer. So the main popular one that most people use is the six-month expert relationship course where we coach people one-on-one for six months and we push, we show them how to get their relationship to a 10 out of 10 if they're currently in a relationship or the methods on how to find their ideal partner, okay? They're the two main things that people come to me with and Look, if you come to me and say, hey, I really want to get my ex back, I'm not going to help you, okay? I'm not going to help you get your ex back. If you want to find your ideal partner, I can help you with that. I'm not going to help you get Sarah back, the girl who broke your heart. I'm not going to help you do that, okay? Okay. Yeah. I love that. And awesome. And we'll throw guys, if you're looking, we'll throw all of Jake's handles and all of his social media channels. I'll just go throw those in the show notes. So, you know, just go ahead, click it. We'll put his website down there too. So if you guys have loved this, go check him out. Screenshot this episode. If you loved it, tag us both and let us know that you loved it and share it with a friend. Maybe you have a friend who is struggling in a relationship. Maybe they're searching for the person. Maybe they're, you know, maybe you guys have chatted about some of these questions before. So this could be a really good episode to share with people, share on social media channels. And I just love seeing you guys do that. So Jake, I'm just going to say thank you so much for your time here on a Thursday afternoon. It's a Wednesday night over here in the US, but thank you so much. And I just so appreciate your perspective and, and your time. Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed answering the questions. Awesome. All right. We'll see you later and bye everybody. 
that is all for today, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Hey, I'd be so grateful if you took one second to send this podcast to one person you know would love it. And also don't forget, leave a five-star review because honestly, go big or freaking go home, Becky, okay? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or a follow if you're listening through Spotify. Also, go ahead and check this out at letsgetuncomfy.podcast and myself at Annie underscore fit life fit me on Instagram. Tag us in your stories. Let me know how you're getting uncomfy and what you loved about today's episodes. Now, go do it. Go get uncomfy. Pursue what others consider unlikely. I double dog area. <laughs>